Welcome to Zero to 100,000, how to start a wildly successful law firm. My name is Nermeen Jasani. I'm taking you step-by-step step to the first $100,000 in your law practice. This podcast is for lawyers who work in big law or for other people, and they know that they want their own practice, but they don't know where to start. I'm going to show you how to go from being the small fish in the pond to being the shark in your own tank. I'm a former Wall Street lawyer, and I worked as in-house counsel on Wall Street. I also had my own practice in New York. Now, I teach lawyers just like you how to have a wildly successful law firm. Let's dive in. Hi lawyers, it's Nermeen, and welcome to episode two of how to start a wildly successful law practice. Today, I'm gonna to share with you the steps that you will need to take before you leave your current job, your current big law job, your current job with the DA's office, wherever you might be, before you start your practice. So step number one, before you start your practice, hopefully you listened to the previous episode and you asked yourself all the questions you needed to ask and you realized that, you know what, starting your own law practice is the way that you're going to go and this is what's right for you. And that's wonderful that that's the conclusion that you've come to. Now what you wanna do is you wanna start thinking about when you're going to start this practice. And what I always suggest is to ideally, again, this is in an ideal perfect world, you will have saved up for six months so that you have at least six months of runway for your practice. Now what does that mean? It might take you some time to find your first law client as you own your own practice, but having that six month cushion could really be helpful for you because what's gonna happen is you're not gonna take the first client who walks in, you are not gonna deal with bottom of the barrel clients, you're not going to you know, draft an estate plan for your parents when maybe in fact you are a business attorney or an immigration attorney, right? So you're not going to essentially sell out because you didn't save this money before starting your own practice. So I understand that this is an ideal situation. Sometimes people get let go from law firms and essentially have to start their own practice or the market has changed and you know now you have to start on your own and this is just the reality of the situation. But if you find yourself not in that situation where you're not the result of a circumstance that's happened to you and you have a say in the matter of when you start your own practice, again, ideally have six months of runway saved up. All right, so I'm gonna go through a lot of the things that you are going to need as a lawyer who is practicing in their own firm. So things that you will need, malpractice insurance. You 1000% need malpractice insurance. Please do not try to practice law without having malpractice insurance. Believe it or not, I've met solo criminal attorneys who don't even have malpractice insurance and don't even know who to call to get malpractice insurance. Uh, just, just, oh my goodness. It, it pains me to even know these people and to be saying this out loud, but don't be one of those attorneys. Please make sure that you have malpractice insurance. 
Now, it depends on the state that you're in. It depends on your own background. There's a ton of factors that go into it. I've seen malpractice insurance for as little as, you know, $75 to $100 a month to as much as, you know, hundreds of dollars to thousands of dollars every month. Now, the first thing that to keep in mind is as you have your law practice, the more years you are in practice for yourself, the higher your insurance will be because what insurance companies assume is that by year five, you've worked with more clients than you did at year one. So as you have more clients, that increases their liability exposure, and so now they have to charge you more over time. So you need malpractice insurance. You should assume that it'll be at least $2,000 for the year. If I were you, I would start looking at prices and rates and do that before you even leave so that you know how much to budget for. Okay, the next thing that you need that I get a lot of pushback on attorneys because they say, well, can't I spend that money in marketing instead of spending it on this thing? And I always say, no, because you want to cover yourself and make sure that you are protected. So what is this thing? It's called disability insurance. What is disability insurance? Disability insurance is what a lot of solo business owners have. And basically what it does is it covers your office expenses, your practice expenses, pays your payroll, pays your student loans in some situations if you get hurt. So imagine you're on your way home from coffee with a client or you know drinks with a colleague and you get hit by a car. Now, if you have disability insurance and you have the right kind of disability insurance and the right policy, your disability can kick in 30 days after that car accident and it can cover you up to however your policy is written, um, but it's usually about 80% of your uh, income. And that way you know that your monthly expenses are still covered even if you got hurt. So disability is incredibly important to have. I come across a lot of solo practicing attorneys who just think that they're never gonna get hurt, they're never gonna get into an accident, they're never going to you know, lift a weight at the gym that's going to completely throw their back out or fall while walking up the stairs and these accidents don't happen to them and they happen to their clients but don't happen to them and I just don't want you to roll the dice on that. Seriously, disability is literally a couple hundred dollars a month and it goes a long way. And if you have saved up ahead of time and you've budgeted for this and you know that it's an expense that you need, then please, please, please make sure that you have disability coverage. Okay, what's something else that you're going to need? You are going to need a website when you start your own law practice. Your website is literally where people can go and find you online, and it's incredibly important for you to have one because if you don't have one, it may actually steer clients away. I have seen people search for lawyers, and when they ask, hey, do you have a website? And the lawyer says, no, I don't have a website. They hang up and call the next lawyer. Don't be one of those lawyers who gets hung up on because they don't have a website. So please make sure you have a website. You will need business cards, but before you have business cards, you will need a logo. Now, what is a logo? It's any sort of 
physical, it's any graphic or any combination of words that resembles your law practice. So it could be, you know, your typical lawyer logo that has maybe the scales of justice and then your name and then your practice area under it, or it could be your name in a box. Um, and then below it, you can say trial attorney, transactional attorney, whatever you wanted to say, right? You will need a logo before you start a practice, okay? And that logo is gonna go on your website, it's going to go on your business cards, it's going to go, you know, if you're gonna use social media, it's gonna go there as well. Your logo is important to your business, you wanna make sure that you do have a logo. So please do spend some time and a little bit of money on a logo, okay? The next thing that you're gonna do is you're going to file for a professional corporation or you are going to do an LLC, whatever your choice is, you can do it in the state that you're in, you can do it in Delaware, however you decide to do it, you will need to file with the state to officially be recognized as a business. You need to do that and then you will file with the IRS and get an EIN. What's an EIN? It is your employer identification number. When you create your own practice, you need to go ahead and get an EIN. It is free to do on the IRS website. You literally just do a Google search for IRS, EIN, and the word file and it'll pop right up and you can go through those questions and do that yourself. Now, you can of course hire someone to do these things for you, but because you're a lawyer, I'm gonna assume that you kind of understand these processes and you're comfortable with doing these things and if you're not and you just don't wanna do it, find someone else to do it for you. Okay, next, you're going to need to open up an operating account and then you're going to need a trust account, AKA your IOLTA account. Now. You, I recommend that you shop around with a couple banks. My personal preference when it comes to banking for new attorneys is I would like to see them go to a smaller bank, a regional bank. Um, if you are at a larger bank, I'm not gonna call them out by name, but if you are at a larger bank, my recommendation is that you start with a smaller bank. And the reason is because, you know, I've seen lawyers try to get lines of credit and try to get other kinds of loans from these larger banks. And there's just more hoops to jump through because the person at that bank usually doesn't know you on a first name basis. Now, when you are typically at a smaller bank or a regional bank, what happens is they know you by your name, they understand your practice, they understand how legal practices work, and they're willing to work with you a little bit more when it comes to whatever loan or financing or whatever thing it is that you might need. So my recommendation is that honestly, you go ahead and open your uh, trust account and your operating account with a smaller bank. Okay, the next thing that we're gonna need is a lot of software. So you are going to need a legal management system. I don't care which one you use, it is truly a personal decision. So if I were you before you leave uh, to start your own practice, have demos with three or four different companies and see how their products work. But most importantly, make sure you play with each of them. Make sure you understand how timing is done, how, how hours are kept, how files are managed, how statuses are managed, all of that. So um, I know 
legal files used to be popular. I did not like it. I know Clio is a popular one. I know my case, there's Best Case and there's Practice Panther and Snowball and like a ton of other ones out there for lawyers. Please take a demo of each of them and make sure that you yourself are using these for their trial period of two weeks. See which one you are most comfortable using. And the most important thing here is don't end up purchasing and paying more for a certain kind of practice software thinking that you are going to grow into it or that you are getting distracted by all of the bells and the whistles, right? Oh, look at what this can do and it can do this and it can do this and it can do this and all these fancy things that it can do when really you only need it to do like 10% and you're only gonna use 10% of that software. I see a lot of attorneys, you know, buying these really big plans and spending all this extra money, you know, hundreds of dollars a month on their practice management software when in reality they are not going to use it. Okay. So that's one thing. The next thing is you're going to need QuickBooks or Zero. I don't really care which one you use, but make sure you get a bookkeeper and make sure that, you know, they're comfortable using either QuickBooks or Zero. That is basically what's going to track all of your expenses and at the end of the year when you need to do your taxes It's going to make your life a lot easier and when it comes to doing your quarterly taxes It's going to make your life a lot easier. So please get yourself a QuickBooks account set it up It's 20 to 40 bucks a month depending on whatever sales and promotions they're having and your bookkeeper usually has discounted access to it so That's something to keep in mind as well get yourself QuickBooks. You're also going to need an email account. So whatever business name you call yourself, you know, um, at Trial Lawyers of Atlanta, at Trial Lawyers of New York, at, you know, Personal Injury New York, at Smith Law Firm, whatever it is that your website name is, is also going to be your email account. It's going to be at whatever your website name is. So go ahead and get yourself an email account that is also the same as your website. Now, if you are working from home, you're going to need to get internet set up and you're going to have to make sure that it is secure internet. So when you are practicing and you have devices in your home, such as maybe a smart uh, thermostat, you've got Alexa, you've got a couple other things in place, whatever it is that you're using, those need to be on a guest network. And when you are going to be accessing client information, that client information needs to be on the secure network. So your home internet needs to have two separate categories. One should be the guest network, the other needs to be yours, and that's the one that you are going to use exclusively. And that will be the one that you use to access your client files and things like that. There's a lot of stuff going on with cybersecurity these days and you can't go wrong by making sure that you're protected in that category. Hey lawyers, are you making deadly mistakes in your law practice? You're probably making these mistakes and you're not even aware of it. But don't worry, I'm going to share all of this information with you. All you have to do is click on the link in the show notes and that'll take you to my free advice on the seven deadly mistakes that you should not be making in your law practice. Okay, so you are going to need Microsoft Word. Microsoft Word is a couple hundred bucks a year depending on the plan that you get. Now that you're not working for a large firm or another firm, you will have to pay for Microsoft Word yourself. All right, so the next thing you might wanna consider getting is 
Do you need a new laptop? Do you need a new computer, right? If you are using company equipment, when you go out on your own, is your device going to hold up? I recommend that you get a laptop so that you can work from anywhere, including your office, including a coffee shop, including wherever else. So even if you have a desktop at home, I would go ahead and get yourself a laptop so that you can still function from multiple places. One of the other basic things that I know a lot of lawyers recommend is make sure whatever you do, you have two screens. So in your current practice, um, wherever it is that you work, big law, otherwise you probably have two monitors on your desktop and it makes it a lot easier to draft on one screen and then maybe have case law on the other screen. So make sure that whatever you're doing, have two screens, have multiple ways to set yourself up. You can use your desktop and then you can use your laptop as a second screen or just get a second monitor. It doesn't cost a ton. It's very affordable, especially if you're you know, doing all the planning and prep work prior to starting uh, your practice. All right, so the next thing that you're going to need is um, this sounds really silly, but I mean this in all sincerity. Please, please, please invest in a good office chair. So if you choose to get an office or you have a home office, keep in mind you are going to be in this chair 20, 30, 40 hours every single week. Five, six, seven, eight, ten hours a day right? You want to make sure that this is a comfortable chair. So if you need to get a cushion, if you need to get a back cushion, whatever you need to do, please invest in a good chair because I see attorneys working from their bed. I see them working from their couch and that can make you feel really miserable really quick. So what you want to do is you want to invest in a really good office chair. Even if you're working from, you know, your kitchen bar or, you know, your dining table, wherever you might be working from, just make sure it's a good chair. It doesn't have to be a typical office chair. Just make sure it's got, you know, good cushioning and that you are perfectly comfortable. All right, so we talked about all the things that you will need when you start your own practice. I'm going to also share with you the opposite, which is where I don't want you to spend money and where I don't want you to spend a ton of money. This, these are places where you can sort of save on expenses and save on costs. Okay, so number one, I see lawyers, when they first start out, they spend you know, $2,000, $3,000, $5,000 on a new logo. You do not need a brand new fancy logo. You just need a very basic logo. I highly recommend that you use Fiverr or Upwork. You can literally find logos on Fiverr or Upwork that are less than $100 and they can be customized to you. So whatever platform you choose to use, just make sure that you are not spending a thousand, two thousand, three thousand of your very hard earned money on a logo that no one's really paying attention to. Basically, you just need to have basic information on that logo, the name of your practice and what practice areas you have. That's it. You don't need anything more fancy than that. Keep it simple, okay? The next thing, I don't want you to spend money on fancy marketing. So what do I call fancy marketing? Okay, you don't need a billboard. You don't need SEO. You don't need a TV ad. You don't need pay-per-click. You don't need to do any of that fancy stuff right when you start your practice, right? I want you to focus on doing the fundamentals rather than focusing on the bells and the whistles. Get the foundation right, then you can add the bells and the whistles after the fact. But just to start out, 
please, please, please don't spend money on SEO or pay-per-click. And I know, I know some marketing person has probably told you, oh, I could bring in five new clients every week to your practice. Maybe, or maybe not, right? And is it really worth the $3,000, $5,000, $4,000 a month that you might be spending on SEO when you first start your practice to bring in clients? Now, what they're probably not saying is you're going to get phone calls and those phone calls might not be your ideal clients and you maybe haven't had your practice long enough to know if they are an ideal client or not. So something to keep in mind as you are sort of figuring out what, what your marketing and advertising strategy will be for your practice. Okay, the other thing I don't want you to spend money on don't spend money on a fancy website. I see people spending like three and $5,000 on websites when they first start out. You don't need to do that. Honestly, you can just find someone on Upwork or Fiverr to build you like a very simple one-page website. And that just means a whole bunch of scrolling information and it doesn't need to be anything fancy. Those can cost you $1,000. And if you are feeling like a DIYer who can do it yourself, then absolutely you can go onto Squarespace and you can build your own website. I've also seen a lot of website template kits. You can literally put that into Google and people are selling template kits, which basically looks like a very customized website and then you know you just go in and put your name in and your practice area and blah 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 there's a lot of those for lawyers out there so if you just did a google search for best lawyer website template kit you would see a lot of results pop up on google so keep that in mind as you're going through and setting up your office uh, or your practice right and that actually gets us into our next topic which is don't spend money on a fancy office, right? You don't need that right out of the gate. You don't need it your first 90 days. You know, what I recommend is that you get a virtual office address instead. Just Google search virtual office address near me. Those are, you know, 30, 40, $50 a month. It could be a hundred depending on the city that you're in, but they're very affordable and they make starting your practice much easier, especially because as you start your practice, you yourself aren't going to know, you know, am I going to go into the office every day or not? I see lawyers who oftentimes get their own office address and get their own office and they actually don't even use their office. So they are there and you know they go in one to two days a week and it just seems a little bit silly to to be spending, you know, two, three, four thousand dollars a month on an office space that you're really not even using yourself, where you know, one of the reasons that you started your own practice was so that you could work from home more. And you know, it feels like a little counterintuitive if then you're going to leave one office to go to another office, right? So just keep that in mind as well. Um, the next thing here is don't hire right out of the gate. So I see a lot of attorneys who are like, I'm going to start my own practice. So I'm going to hire a paralegal and an admin and a junior associate their first day. And that is just way too much, way too fast. It's going zero to a hundred. Take your time, use virtual paralegals, use virtual admins. There are so many different companies that are offering that service right now. Find the one that works for you and use them. I think that it's a much better use of your money than it is you know, hiring someone right out of the gate. If 
you feel like after six months you could really use someone who's full-time then consider you know stepping out of the virtual space and finding someone full-time maybe working with the recruiter maybe asking around to see if there is an admin or a paralegal who would be willing to work with you but at least initially you know go ahead and use one of those temp agencies all right so another thing that i want you to think about is how you're going to spend your time before you leave your current practice i think it's a really good use of your time if you go ahead and start connecting with cpas cpas oftentimes have clients who need legal help and you know their their clients often ask hey do you know a good fill-in-the-blank attorney do you know a good business attorney do you know a good estate attorney do you know a good criminal attorney and so CPAs can be really good referral sources for you so having 10 to 15 of those contacts is always great before you even start your own practice then the next thing is um, other attorneys other doctors especially if you know you're gonna start your own PI firm those are all really great connections to have before you start your practice right okay the last note that I'm gonna leave you with is I see a lot of solo practitioners ask other solo practitioners, hey, what did you do? Hey, what did you not do when you started your own law practice? And I feel like they use other people's advice as goal setting or like the word of God or that, you know, it's concrete. Whatever that lawyer did to start their practice worked for them. And it may not necessarily work for you. So I don't want you to put so much weight to that one lawyer, to these lawyers who are saying whatever they are saying, because you should really be taking it with a grain of salt. Now, think back to when you were a first year law student and you started asking other two L's and three L's and maybe people who were already lawyers, hey, what did you do during finals? Hey, how did you you know, write this legal memorandum? You know, What was your process for it? And they could have said something to you that worked for them, but that may not work for you. So I don't want you to get caught up in, well, you know, lawyer Shelley said she did this and it didn't work for you in your practice. Or it took you so long because you were doing it lawyer Shelley's way before you were like, oh wait, maybe there's another way to do it. I've seen lawyers use the same practice management systems as other people but it didn't work for them. I've seen lawyers use the same recruiters that other firms have, but it didn't work for them. So please take other advice, take lawyerly advice with a grain of salt, right? Anything another lawyer tells you is what worked for them, or it comes from a scary place or, or something where they, maybe they got screwed over and they're gonna come tell you, no, don't ever do this. But that happened to them, that is their experience of it, and it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be your experience of it. So please just don't put too much weight to those things, right? I want you to be mindful of the advice that you're getting, and please know that lawyers who have their own practice love giving free advice, right? And it's free for a reason, right? So don't get too caught up in what they're saying and keep it, sort of try to balance it with everything that you're getting and don't put too much weight to one person's advice versus someone else's. Okay, that is everything I wanted to share with you on the steps that you need to take 
before you leave your current job to start your practice. All the things that you will need and all the things that you will not need when you start your practice. Now this is by no means an exhaustive list, but I've tried to include everything on here that I've seen other lawyers do, that I've told my clients to do, that I think really works versus doesn't work. So if you have any questions, you can always reach out to me. Thank you for listening in to episode two of how to start a wildly successful law practice. I'm Nermeen.